the Fandomtastic podcast, where we believe that through books and banter, all is possible. I'm Ava, aka Imaginavative on Instagram, and today we are completely switching it up. Steph is currently out this week, so a moment of silence and prayers for Steph. Um, but I am here with one of my dear friends, Britt, to interview her for our podcast today. Britt is a badass bookish influencer. You can just see her Libro FM reviews and her bookshop.org reviews, all of those reviews. She's an unparalleled coffee procurer, can recommend. I highly recommend Britt's Espresso, seriously. Baker, former bookstore publicity and social media manager, and she currently works at a publishing company that I'm sure many of our listeners are familiar with, that would be Bloomsbury. In case anyone does not know, Bloomsbury publishes a little author named Sarah J. Mass. Um, she's, you know, not super popular, so let's definitely try to <laughs> give her some more publicity. Just kidding. Uh, but thank you so much for joining me, Britt. I am so excited to have you on today. Thanks for having me, Ava. I, I don't know if I'm, I'm going to live up to this um, intro of yours, but I'll try. I'm literally not introing anything that you haven't proven <laughs> you are capable of. So I think it's going to be just fine. Um, let's start at the very beginning. Can you tell us a little bit about how your love of books began? What did your bookish career sort of look like? Oh, goodness. So I came to bookstore slash publishing world via music, but I have always been a really big reader with the exception of like senior year of high school and college because I was over it. Um, but I was the kid on the playground who made friends with characters in books because people and social stuff was very tricky. Um, I remember I used to read all of the American Girl books and the like My Dear America Diary series and anything I could get my hands on that was historical centered around the young girl kind of things. Um, made friends with my elementary school librarian and then the middle school librarian when I moved and just all of the librarians. I was always making friends with the librarians. Um, As well, because you for me, book, book, yeah, I, they're great people. They, they give you stories like for free. <laughs> <laughs> the best. Um, but I, I moved towards the music industry in like high school-ish and did songwriting and was doing a label thing and then that didn't go the way that made sense um was working for a music finance company when a job came up at a local children's bookstore so I hopped over to that and then from there I was just like well what about publishing and apparently decided that I wanted to live in New York after many many years of telling myself I would never do such a thing so <laughs> That's where I'm at right now. <laughs> Woo! We're all, I mean, seriously, your your bookish adventure really does sound like a bookish adventure. I mean, it's such a whirlwind hearing about how you drifted from one industry to the next because you didn't know that you always wanted to work in a bookish field, it sounds like. No, I, I was the kid who really, really didn't like writing essays and thought that anything that was like book oriented could not possibly work for me because... I was a test taker, not an essay person. Um, and as far as writing, like I'm, I'm a songwriter, I write very short form, form things. But anytime I ever tried to write a story, that was my sister's deal. Like I would sit down and look at it and write a really, really in-depth intro for like two pages and then summarize the rest of the plot because I had had enough, like I had, I couldn't be bothered to do detail for the rest of it. So you'd get lush world building for two pages and then a hurried synopsis 
that I called the rest of the story. Um, one in particular I'm thinking of was my eighth grade, like extracurricular class project thing where we had to write stories. And I wrote a Artemis Fowl meets Twilight fanfic thing. Oh my God, um, where can I get my hands on this? I, need I don't it. even know if I, <laughs> I don't know where the files went, but it was a, it was great for two pages and then it all fell apart. <laughs> I almost don't believe you. I feel like, I feel like the people need this. If you ever find it, please resurrect it via Wattpad and send to me immediately. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think it was actually handwritten. So it's probably sitting in a composition notebook somewhere in my parents' house, like under my bed. Um, either that or it's been thrown out by now. No. Oh my gosh, that's that's a tragedy, <laughs> truly. <laughs> um, wow, goodness. I, I relate to that though. The uh, the starting off with writing in like composition notebooks and you know, having no idea where that's gonna take you in life, just knowing that it's it's kind of an area where you're interested. And and it's it's less of a jump and a leap than it seems like because music and, and books for me it's always been about storytelling. Like I didn't realize it at the time, but it's always been about that narrative arc which just makes you feel left alone. And so it was a very natural transition, even if it wasn't something that I ever thought I would end up I did not think I would work in publishing. That was not that was my sister's gig. And now she's working in Hollywood, like doing screenwriting, which also makes sense for her. But um, yeah, I thought I would be running around with a guitar and playing opening acts for people. I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> no, but you're part of the team that puts stories in people's hands, almost like a librarian, except it's not for free on the publishing side. Um, so I mean that's I mean that's still wonderful. libraries aren't free; they're publicly funded. They just feel this is they're true. much more they're accessible, but they're not free. <laughs> that's correct. That is true. Um, I am much more happy to send my tax dollars to libraries than to other places. Hopefully, that's how libraries work. I'm waiting for Brit. So just as a heads up for anyone who's listening to this right now, I will often say a thing that I assume about the world. And then Brit will be like, oh, honey, sweetheart, dear, this is actually how the world works. And so I actually, as good of a friend as Brit is, I also have to say that she's something of a mentor for me as well. Um, she's always done, I mean, the things that I thought that I would be doing honestly when I, I mean I knew when I was little that I wanted to work in books adjacently and then by the time I hit 17 ish I was doing social media um, on a on a platform called kingdom of mass that's a throwback for sure um, and so it just kind of seemed that I would end up in publicity and social media and that kind of thing but Brit actually did that unlike me that was a that was a dream that is currently in a bit of a dumpster fire right now um, but Britt actually did that at a bookstore. Would you like to tell us a little bit about just kind of how that worked? Maybe not the bookstore itself. We don't have to go there. That would be a very different episode. Um, <laughs> but oh, what were your, what, yeah, how did you, how did you get into that? And what were any of the tasks that, you know, you can tell us about for anyone who's interested in the professional side of bookish? So similarly, um, by way of music. So I started in marketing and social media because I was trying to promote myself as a songwriter. So I set up my first Facebook page when I was 14 and the platform was relatively new. And 
then Instagram and then Twitter and just I was really bad at it for a very long time. Um, I think I'm probably still not that great at it, to be honest. I just sort of throw shit at a wall and see what sticks. Um, that's, that's a art. story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is art, I suppose. And um, all of a sudden, I was just responsible for things for other people. And it was about taking on their voice. But I think one of the things about marketing that works really well for my brain is that it's like putting a mask on, which I do a lot anyway. Um, I have recently come to be understanding that I am autistic. And so a lot of the way that I work in marketing is directly related to that because it's putting somebody else's voice onto my own. Um, and so all of a sudden I was running the social media accounts. I was reaching out to different publications to try and get press coverage for the store, the book, the event, the thing. Um, and a lot of it was just screwing around with colleagues. Like when Ava came in with a giant <laughs> stack of, it was, it was taking other people's ideas and just making them into something that worked that fit for the brand. Um, Ava came in with a giant stack of romance books and we tried to make her fall over. Um, for instance, was one of the, one of the wonderful things that we did, did? one time. Oh my gosh, I don't yeah. even remember that. Yeah, it was like the giraffe stock where you had your chin on top and your <laughs> arms way down below, just holding on for dear life, hoping they didn't all fall onto the ground before I could get the photo taken. We did a lot of stuff. <laughs> like it was, you say I'm your mentor, but you were the one who came in with the content ideas. And I just feel like, yeah, that sounds great. Help. The content ideas. Okay. To give people an idea of what the content ideas were, um, Britt was actually not present for this one, but on the uh, store's YouTube account, my manager and I recreated the ending of The Rune of Kings, um, which I've talked about in many episodes before, using stuffed animals, plastic penguins, and I think some dice. Um, and we were like literally fucking around and making the like dragons move around. It was very, it was like Dungeons of Dragons, but like make it sad. And then we're using someone else's story. So like when we say, when Britt says content ideas, I, ooh, I just that totally <laughs> also I'm very glad that you just said fucking around because I was worried I don't know why I was worried I know what this podcast is and oh yet. that's hilarious <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, Britt do you not remember the episodes in which we uh read a book um that featured a dragon as the uh hero and he had two penises so please this is not a family friendly <laughs> podcast at all <laughs> Ah, uh, yes, aware of this. And yet, still, I put that publicity filter on regardless. Because oh. of, oh, of reasons, you know, I guess. You could, you could do whatever you want. It's all, <laughs> we're all friends here. Um, so, oh. okay, yeah. So, okay, so that's yeah. how you sort of got into the groove of working at a bookstore. Is there anything that you want to share, maybe for people who want to, like, potentially pursue that as a professional option for themselves? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the big things about working for a bookstore or really in any small business is it's not just about what you sell. Like you can love books, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you know how to interact with people and customers on that basis. And I think I was actually more behind the scenes, so I didn't do as much of that. But it's more about learning the different skill sets and tools of the trade as much as it is about knowing 
everything on those shelves. Um, I, over time, kind of started to be the encyclopedic knowledge for the queer books. Like, I would have people come up to me and just be like, okay, so I need things with this rep, and I would just start pulling things off the shelves. But my job was generally, like, that was the really fun, exciting part of my job, and the rest of it was sitting in front of a screen trying to make things come together. I'm once upon a time, I could speak really well about this right now. My brain's a little bit fried and sort of like avoiding oh thinking about those days. <laughs> Once again, so Britt, a little fact about Britt. Britt has actually, I don't think you've listened to the podcast. And I say that because I if you like one or two episodes. <laughs> okay. So if you had listened to more episodes, especially our bonus episodes, you would understand why brains that don't function are pretty much our wheelhouse. Um, all of our patrons especially are probably listening to this going yeah no that's a that's a day in the life this Brit chick is much more articulate <laughs> than Stephanie <laughs> um, yeah because we are just a mess but it's fine well thank you for the wisdom because I know that you know having I also worked in that bookstore as Brit has said and I think that you know the thing about working in books is that it does sometimes get like romanticized and even though yeah. you, you know even on the the platform like bookstagram and book twitter especially um, you enter it and you're like, I'm so excited to have this amazing community of people who are just so nice and friendly and we're all interested in the same things. And then the more time you spend, the more you kind of realize like, oh, maybe that's not exactly how it goes all the time. And maybe there are some really nasty parts to this. So, um, I appreciate you sharing kind of the realistic pieces of bookstore working. <laughs> yeah. And it's not to say that you can't find those people and curate that community. Like any anything of that nature like bookstagram is finding your people and I think that's the other thing about if you really want to work at a bookstore do your research figure out what bookstores are out there because shopping small doesn't necessarily mean shopping well a lot of those sorts of small businesses are not well run they're they're funded by somebody with a lot of money who doesn't know what they're doing and won't treat their employees well um, but there are also the places like I went to blue I just got back from a trip into the city I went to a place called blue stockings cooperative today or yeah that's the right word um and they're employee owned and queer and just it, it's a delightful environment going into a place like that as somebody who shops in various bookstores you wouldn't necessarily know the behind the scenes but either whether you want to work in one or shop from one just getting a better sense for how they treat their employees I think is really important yeah, don't work at places where they treat you like crap, <laughs> as per always. We love we love that motto. Um, so speaking of positive work environments, can you tell us a little bit about working at Bloomsbury? I'm so excited because I know that Britt and I have talked a, quite a bit about her new job, and I was so excited for her to move and go and explore, you know, New York and get this amazing new position and everything. So you are on the inside. I mean, you are on the front lines, like doing the work. And I know that everybody wants me to ask Brit secrets. And I am telling you right now that I have tried to get Brit to tell me secrets and she won't do it because Brit actually wants to keep her job. So we're not going <laughs> to ask Brit for any secrets, but I would love to know, can you tell us a little bit more about what's your position? What do daily tasks typically look like for you? And then what's your favorite part of working in publishing? So I work as the executive coordinator for the president of the company, which means that I have this really lovely bird's eye view on a lot of what goes on. I needed to take a step back from marketing as a job 
um, at some point, maybe I go back there, maybe I head towards editorial, but right now I'm in this place where I get to sort of see what all of the different departments are doing day to day. And a lot of my job is just, it's facilitating meetings, it's scheduling things and accommodations, and I get to put together the happy hours. Um, Ooh. And see the numbers and it, I don't necessarily interact with most of the authors, but I have a sense for what they're doing and who needs help with what. And I, it's a lot of just checking little things off, which is, which I love. I love, I love a good calendar with lots of tick marks. Um, oh goodness. What do I do today? today? I, lots of emails. <laughs> my, my, my job is, is a lot of responding to things and making sure people have what they need and putting together assets where needed. Um, I've done a little bit of HR stuff in my time. It's just kind of whatever gets thrown my way. And I really love it. Um, I think my favorite part about Bloomsbury is it's a very supportive atmos atmosphere. I don't ever feel like I have to really pull myself back from who I am and who I want to be. I can just do my work in the way that makes the most sense to me. And like, if something's not perfect, it's not perfect. And I go back and fix it, but it's always, it comes from a place of moving things forward together versus all of the, everything is on you. Um, I feel really appreciated there. It's great. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's a very, very uplifting environment for the most part, even when we all have lots of work to do. It's just like, okay, you got this. I got you, you got me, we're good. Um, and animal means obviously, because you course. have to like, like, what is the point of a work chat if not to send cute pictures of cows to each other? I mean, yeah, no, you're <laughs> right. I'm like, I'm trying to always bring this back to Sarah J Mass because that's like my brand. And <laughs> of course, um, and all I can think of is that like Bloomsbury literally sounds like the inner circle. Um, a little bit where it's just like all sorts of positivity and maybe less like people sleeping with each other, but like definitely positivity, happy hours. I love it. Um, if there that... is the people sleeping with each other, I am not privy to it. At this um... <laughs> Bird's eye view does not extend that far. <laughs> no, 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 I don't think so. Um, yeah. So kind of on that note, I did... <laughs> Brit is such a jerk sometimes. I say that with all the love. A couple of months ago, um, not a couple of months ago, it was almost, almost six months ago. I think it was in like December, January. She started texting me and she's like, guess what I'm reading? And I was like, Brit, don't you dare. And sure enough, she goes, I'm reading House of Sky and Breath. And so this was, you know, a couple of months before it came out. Um, and Britt is kind enough. She would never spoil anything for me, which on the one hand, like great. And on, the, on, on the other hand, I was like, oh, please spoil just like one or two things for me, please. And she yeah. didn't, but she was very we sweet. We weren't doing the spoilers. I wanted you to experience that all by yourself. And also, but at the same time, I'm just like, God damn it. Why doesn't Eva have this book yet so that I can talk to her about <laughs> <it>? <laughs> um. Seriously, because, oh my gosh, especially after that ending, like, I don't even know how you yeah. did it. At least when I read it, the whole world was reading it. And so it was like, we almost immediately got to talk with people. I, I was able to do it because I was working at Bloomsbury and other people around me already knew, like, that makes good I point. could chat with, <laughs> with the people on the SJM team and be like, oh my goodness, this is a thing. Wow. <laughs> An interesting way that my, my mouth just glitched on that anyway. Nope, you're good. Um, 
So I will take full credit for introducing you to Sarah J. Mass. Not yes. introducing you. I know that you know that she existed, but I was definitely the one I who had like seen Akatar on Tumblr when I was in college. Um, <laughs> and was just like, that sounds interesting. I'm not really reading that genre right now, but I'm glad everybody seems to like this thing so much. Um and it took Ava two years before I read Akatar, but I I we got arcs of Crescent City at the bookstore. Mm-hmm. And so that was my introduction to SJM was 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 House of Earth and Blood, um, which is probably still my favorite. And after reading that, I'm like, okay, maybe I'll give Akatar a shot. And it took another year before I finally got the grabbed the audiobooks and marathoned it in like a week. Probably because they're week. So I think I read addictive. a book a day. <laughs> <laughs> I love that uh, though. Even though, even though, and this is just me, and so no, no hate mail, okay, guys. But I gotta say, the narrator for Tarquin in Akamath literally makes me so mad. I don't know what voice they thought they were doing, but as soon as I listened to that book, I like I t- flipped it to chapter thirty-five or whichever one he first appears in, and I was just like so affronted. I was like, I can't believe they did my man so dirty like this. He sounds like I don't even know. I remember thinking he sounded like a garden gnome, and I have no explanation <laughs> for that. It was just how it sounded in my ears. So, Britt, I'm so glad that you enjoyed the audiobooks, though. And I did. I'm, so- I'm wondering if they re-recorded it from the time you read it to the time that I did. Because I feel like that has been happening, but I don't remember for sure. Either way, I was also listening it to it at like 1.7 speed. So I, the, whatever affect they gave Tarquin mm-hmm. probably did not register for me quite as much. Also, I don't have the same water boy thing that you do. That's um, unfortunate. I'm a Nesta gal. So. Okay, that's less unfortunate for you. We do stand Nesta so, so, <laughs> so much. So. Knowing that, where does uh, Akasif stand on your, like, rankings of, like, the Akatar series? Like, which one is, I'm asking you to rank them now in case that was the okay, So, Akamath in, in slot one, probably Akasif in slot, slot two, Akatar, and then last but not least is um, Akawar for me. Um, and I don't even count the Akafas thing. That's, well, I probably should, but that's in the last slot either way, so... <laughs> Rip to Akafas, but also I kind of really, I know that uh, everyone knows by now how I feel about Resand. So the amount of Resand that we got in that one, I was just like, wow, this is, this is he's yeah, here. He's, I, <laughs> he's around. Honestly, Akafas, how do letters? Um, the, the, the Nesta book would be my favorite, if not for all of the rehydrating stuff that's happening on the sidelines because that is just like really it could have been but then you okay (laughs) (laughs) I love the way that you described that Brit Brit is so diplomatic meanwhile when Steph and I are on this podcast we're talking about Akasif and we're talking about Reese's shenanigans his hijinks as you said we're like significantly less polite so god bless you Brit I I love you generally I you've told me to to be more polite in public spaces about this because of some of the feedback that you have gotten. So I'm that being is polite true. That is for that true. <laughs> it's actually really dangerous these days to be a resand stan. It is not um, a good climate to be homophobic or resand phobic right now. So I don't recommend being either. <laughs> yeah, in 2022, yeah, so Reese will be getting fewer growth, like. Uh, not gross, but just 
I will be digging him a shallower grave than the six foot ones that I would want to put him in because I don't want to end up with a bunch of people in my DMs about it. Listen, <laughs> just just send him my way. I know I know how to fight him off by this point, which is just the block <laughs> button. That's the secret. Um, this is true. <laughs> Okay. So thank you so much for sharing your SJM thoughts. I really wish I could ask you for secrets, but like, I know that there's no point. So mm-hmm. is there any Sarah J Mass related like work experience that you've had that you enjoyed? If, can you say anything? <laughs> I think just generally speaking, when things happen, I get to know about them and get excited about them with other people. Um, like the, 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 the excitement of reading most really, for instance, which is like, oh, I know things. Yeah, and you did. Feeling kind <laughs> of like a maniacal, you, you know, the, the whole like fingers together, evil villain pose situation. Um, <laughs> doing a little bit of that whenever I take David, I'm just like, I know things. I can't tell you things, but I know things. Just, just wanted you to know that I know things. <laughs> I know. I'd be like minding because my own business. And then I would get a text from you like, oh my God, Ava, I can't wait for you to read HOSAB because this thing just happened. But then she wouldn't say what the thing was. So I'd be like, <laughs> for like a month. Or, no, it was like, it was a solid two months it before was, I got to read two, it. It was three months because I yeah. started it in November. Okay, well. Yeah. It took me a month to read it because I was doing other things. But I also, I do have to say, I feel bad because I know that you started reading it as an ebook and I know that you eventually got a physical copy, but you started reading like the PDF. I think that would have killed me just as like a huge Sarah J. Mass fan. Her books are so big that like something about reading that like online, I think would have made my brain like go kaput. <laughs> In a lot of ways, it actually worked better for me because it was just like, if I had a work break or had a, a slight lull in emails or something, it was just something that I could dive into for a chapter and then go back to whatever I was doing um, versus like having to get out a whole other thing. And that book is a brick. Like it hurts my wrist to hold that thing. So the ebook was kind of my, or the, the, man, the manuscript, the wasn't quite a manuscript, the PDF version was quite, quite a nice um change I once I had the physical one I even went back and forth between them it was just like mark my place and mark my place and figure out where I was um yeah that was that that one took me a while it should not have taken well it it takes me as long as they need to take me (laughs) exactly it takes as long as it needs to um although I have to say that's so funny that there are people out there who can fit like who can read Sarah J Mass books and not finish them in one sitting because that's like me I'm like I don't care what's happening in my life I just need to get to the end so that I can know what's happening and then I'll go back and reread and like reappreciate it but I think that's what happens when you're like psychotic um as I am so <laughs> <laughs> so I did that with Crescent with the first Crescent City like I got that arc and did not work that day I called reading work that day I was just like this we're not mm-mm. no I'm reading this and I read through the evening and finished it in like a day and a half I also do not read quite as quickly as you Ava I'm a little bit slower um I don't know about that <laughs> but I mean I read a lot because audiobooks and because I always have something either in my eyeballs or in my ear holes that is a story um always okay ridiculous. perfect that's actually an excellent segue I was going to ask what modality do you prefer to read in ebook audio or physical audio has been my preference as of late after when the pandemic hit I just 
I lost really most of my ability to read physical things. I was on my screen constantly, which wasn't really that different from previously. Like I had been working remote before everything shut down. Um, but audio allowed me just that space that I needed. Um, and it staved off meltdowns for me. Like I thought, I realized now looking back on it, that listening to audiobooks in particular is a stem of mine. So sitting down audiobook, I ended up with AirPod Pros um, about six months in to all of that. And just being able to dive into another world when I was about to have a meltdown was, has been great. Um, I love it very, very much. So I'm always listening to audio. I print is kind of my secondary because I just love the feel of books. Although now I'm sort of getting back into my ebook reader because I can highlight things and it's easy and I can have a like lots of options. I like them all kind of equally and for different reasons. Um, I will say that on the paperback versus hardcover debate, I, I actually really prefer paperbacks. I like the way they feel in my hands. Like there are certain books that I want to have the hardcover because it's like a special book. But I think just all the arcs that I've gotten in the bookstore over the years is just like I'm I'm more of a paperback reader than ever at this point. Fair enough. There's certainly that was easier a very long-winded to... explanation. <laughs> that was perfect. That's exactly what I was, you know, interested in hearing. So thank you for answering the question, Britt. It's exactly what I asked you to do. Um, so on that note, can you tell us what you're currently reading right now? So I'm working my way through the Memory Librarian by Janelle Monet, um, which is fabulous. They have just I my understanding is that this story collection was actually based on a prior album, which I have yet to listen to. Um, but it feels like that, even not have not being familiar with the earlier media, it feels like the, the way that I construct songs in my head is to have a visual landscape that I write about or towards. And this story collection feels like Monet is doing that. Like they are taking what are songs in the head in their head and putting them onto paper and putting the full like plot behind what's there. Um, and it's, it's fantastic. It was with a book club pick for my book club, coast to coast book club, babe thing. Um, which is the yeah, best that. book club for this ever. And then I also picked up beyond the gender binary, which is one of the pocket change collective things, um, at the bookstore today. So I started that, uh, and then husband material by Alexis Hall is their upcoming or his upcoming, um, sequel to boyfriend material and I'm very very excited about that one as well as two wrongs make a right which will be out in November from Chloe Lee, who is a uh, autistic romance writer and she's just fabulous I love everything banter a plus I'm so excited to read um Chloe Lee because I've realized that my library has all of her books so there's literally yeah. nothing stopping me from just diving in and um Britt and I are definitely both like in the same space of like romance reads in the sense that we don't again Steph I love you but sometimes Steph's romance reads are not exactly like my romance reads just in the sense that I like more people in my romance reads and a few less monsters um and there's anatomy <laughs> um so so I'm very excited to dive into uh Chloe Lee's contemporaries and read all about people and yeah. people <laughs> um, I just honestly I don't think I would mind the monsters but I 
haven't found an entry point to that yet. Um, and in the meantime, oh. I just characters are like my my end all be all for. So if a book has like solid characters, especially the romance and the and the building of the relationship and the Ava made me read Culty, it was fabulous. Do that for yourself. Yes, please you read Culty. The Mariana um, Zapata for anyone who's listening. <laughs> yeah, stuff like that is is my my bread and butter. Perfect. I feel like I feel like I'm gonna read a romance, a uh, monster romance book because Steph really wants me to get like more into them. So I'm gonna read a couple more of her recommendations, and then whichever one I like the most, I'm going to drag poor Brit into reading. So <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how that Can goes. Can I read Legends and Lattes first? I don't think yes. it's technically a romance, but there is a romance in it, and it is an orc and an ogre at a coffee oh. house. I think. I don't know. Bookseller handed it to me. It sounded great. (laughs) That actually kind of does sound amazing. (laughs) Um, Okay. So definitely going to be reading that for Shersies. Um, Britt, thank you so much for joining me today. We do have to wrap this up because I do not have Zoom Pro. And so thank you, Zoom. Um, But I have (laughs) one more question for you. So you entered the bookish world quite a few years ago. What is one thing you know now that you wish you had known before you got into it professionally? I think it's less about just books in general and more about being able to suss out who the good people are in any environment, whether it be books or otherwise. And I think um, sometimes the interview that feels easy is the one that's actually going to be the the hardest in the long run and sometimes the interview that feels easy is going to be the best environment and I cannot tell really tell what that difference is still but so I guess my 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 answer is a question (laughs) perfect you know what that sounds that's very on brand for this podcast once again um I love it mostly I think just you can do sort of anything you don't like taking a different route than what you thought you were on is not a lack of progress it's just going a different direction and that doesn't mean that you can't come back to what you were doing like I'm starting up with music a little bit again here and there so it you can just take the shot that you feel that feels right in the moment and you'll end up where you need to end up eventually oh my gosh I love it nobody knows where we're supposed to be and it's all a big mess anyway so wherever you are is probably fine I love it. It's probably the most inspirational way that we've ever ended a Phantomtastic podcast episode. I feel like normally they end because Steph and I are like, Jesus Christ, we have to stop talking or we're going to get like arrested or something. The, pa- the <laughs> fandom is going to come after us. Um, so yeah. I mean, you. if you want that moment, I did just see the Kunt coloring book in a bookstore and came very, very close to buying it. Um, you know, it yeah. was face out and everything or rather badge out. So <laughs> here for I love that. It. Oh, perfect. See, now that's the fantastic kind of content that we know and love. All right. Um, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Please make sure to follow us on Instagram at Fantastic Pod and check out our website, fantasticpod.com, for all of our bookish content and updates. I'm also going to, with her permission, list Brit's bookstagram handle so you can follow up with her and follow her amazing, gorgeous feed and get all kinds of amazing book recommendations that. I mean, I get a lot of recommendations from Brit too. So 
um, anything that you might want to read, she will probably have some good advice for you. I don't think that that was the right way to say what I was trying to say, but that's fine. Um, it, it's if, if you like queer or neurodivergent things, that is where I'm at right now. So Woo! I love it. All right. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And remember, don't let the hard days win. Bye.